Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? It's the day after the divisional round loss to the Philadelphia Eagles and had some time to process these emotions, process kind of what just happened to us. And we kind of want to just recap the 2022 season with you guys and give our perspectives on the future, give our perspectives on what the Giants accomplished this season and all the things that we think are worthwhile talking about. You know, we're going to stay positive because I personally am optimistic about the future. I think there's a couple of key talking points we want to discuss and, you know, just, just kind of looking ahead to what the Giants need to do this offseason to really put themselves in a position where they grow and get better instead of take a step back you know Pat Shermer Joe Joe Judge um these guys all like looked okay in their first season and then second year everything came crumbling down I think it's different this time around and we're going to kind of list the reasons why uh, mainly because the rosters that they had were a lot more talented than the one that we have right now and they didn't get as much as we did um or rather Brian Dable and Joe Shane did um out of the guys that they did have available this year so excited to talk about where this team is headed where we think it's headed before we do Anthony how do you do today my friend I'm doing okay. I mean, of course, last night's loss really stings. It's not how we wanted to end the season, but you just have to look at the whole season and think this is much better than what we expected, right? A lot of us didn't expect the Giants to even come close to competing for a playoff spot, and they did. And not only did they, they made it to the postseason and they won their first playoff game in over a decade. So this season was a success. Brian Dable's first season as head coach was a massive success. It was even more successful than Ben McAdoo's first season as head coach when you think back to that one because he did win the postseason game. He did make the team get to the playoffs, but they didn't win the postseason game. So Brian Dable winning a playoff game as the head coach of the New York Giants is a huge accomplishment, one that can't be understated. And I do think that this team has a very bright future ahead of itself. Now, Last night's loss was tough. The Giants got utterly dominated in the divisional round by a divisional rival, which sucks. You never want to see that happen. But listen, the better team won. The Eagles are stacked. They were the first seed in the NFC for a reason. And the Giants just have a lot of work to do this offseason. But that's not to say that the foundation isn't there. Because in my opinion, Brian Dable, Joe Shane have laid a very solid foundation on which the Giants can build upon. And I think that when you look towards the future, it is very bright. Right now, the present is even pretty bright. Like the Giants want to playoff game so I think that we're in a very good spot right now and it's only up from here so I'm really excited to see what Joe Shane cooks up this offseason because I think that 2023 you get a few more pieces in there and the Giants could definitely find themselves in the postseason once again and maybe win a couple more games I think that you're spot on. This team is capable of making the playoffs with a roster that realistically should not be in the postseason. And if we're going to list what the Giants need right now, you know, I'll try and rank them, but I think there's multiple priorities this team needs to kind of look at and say we need to upgrade positions here. First and foremost, linebacker. You know, we have not invested heavily in the linebacker position in what feels like over a decade, you know. This is, this is a position that maintains its liability and vulnerability on this team. The easiest way to beat the Giants, run the ball up the freaking middle or run the ball to the outside. And, and our cornerbacks aren't really great. Um, Dory Jackson's been solid, and Darnay Holmes is okay as a run stopper from the slot. But, like, otherwise, we don't have the linebackers to help on the boundary. We don't have the linebackers to help up the middle. You know, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, you mentioned this yesterday. They opened up pretty good opportunities for the linebackers to fill the gaps, and they just were not there to stop the running backs. And ultimately, if the Vikings wanted to have a better, you know, just kind of grind the clock, keep our offense off the field. They should have just ran Dalvin Cook down the middle consistently. Probably would have had more success. And, you know, they, they perform well offensively. But uh, the Eagles, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, um, I think Kenneth Gainwell had over 100 yards on 12 carries. 
Uh, this is a this is a team that desperately needs linebacker support, whether it's through the draft or free agency. Tremaine Edmonds is available. Levanta David is available on free agency. We'll see how Joe Shane approaches this. We get Darian Beavers back, but we need two legitimate starters. You know, Darian Beavers, I like him. I think he has promise. Micah McFadden, you know, promise, but I don't view either of those guys as starting caliber linebackers right now. In fact, um, I would say if, there, if those are two starters rolling into the season, I'm very nervous about the linebacker position moving forward again. So, that doesn't mean I don't think they can be, but I think we need proven talent or at least one proven talent and then have that second position more of a competition between Beavers and Micah McFadden. I'm cool with that too. And maybe even bring Jalen Smith back to compete. Fine with that. That's that's a fine strategy in my opinion. you got to go and get one high-end level talent though, whether it's in the first or second round or whether it's through free agency, as I mentioned. So linebacker, priority, wide receiver. I'm fine letting Darius Slayton walk. I'm fine letting Richie James walk, get Wandell Robinson back. He just said he's going to be uh, hopeful to return for opening day or you know week one of next season. So we'll see uh, if he can kind of achieve that goal. It's lofty given he towards ACL midseason. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, he said he wants to stay here for a long time. I really think they should bring him back. I think Sterling Shepard on a veteran minimum deal, totally fine. But again, Giants need to give Daniel Jones a number one receiver and who is a legitimate number one receiver. Question is, who is that going to be? Drafting a guy in the first round, you can get some good talent, but I don't, I'm not going to sit here and act like drafting a receiver in the first round guarantees they're going to be a wide receiver one. Look at Traylon Burks. You know, <clears throat> the only guy that really justified that kind of coinage is uh, Garrett Wilson <clears throat> of the New York Jets. He was a legitimate wide receiver one this season, but everybody else, I don't really see uh, how you can draft a receiver and immediately coin them a wide receiver one. So I'm curious to see if the Giants go and look for a veteran like a DeAndre Hopkins. Now I know his contract is is terrible. Um, we'll see kind of what they do there. I'd love to not to pay that contract. I'd love to tear that up and you know just start from scratch. But end of the day, um, they need to find Daniel Jones, a guy who's going to get open consistently, has some really good hands, and is a great route runner, can beat those zone coverages, can make contested catches, who's a good route runner, as I mentioned, first and foremost, because that's what the Bills and Chiefs did. And you look at Michael Kafka, Brian Dable, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, like these guys are top dogs, and we need guys like that. Um, the question is, who is that going to be? Some some people on Twitter have mentioned Brandon Ayuk. That's an interesting prospect the Giants could look into. Um, you know, I wonder what he would cost. But right now, linebacker, wide receiver, primary needs, interior offensive line. I wouldn't even be surprised if we went out and maybe drafted a center or signed an interior guard. Um, I like Ben Bredesen. I, you know, I like, you know, John Feliciano played well at the end of the season. But um, upgrades are always needed. I don't think that we should be sitting here like we don't need to upgrade those spots. We need more depth. On the defensive line behind Dexter Lawrence, it's just absolute hell. We need more depth behind that guy. The second he comes off the field, it's a huge, it's a huge like fall off cornerback. Desperately need another cornerback. Um, so Anthony, when you're looking at what the Giants need heading into the offseason, how would you rank them right now? I think about linebacker, receiver, cornerback, and then probably some interior offensive line, and then depth behind the the front defensive front. Yeah, it's really tough to rank them because you can argue that the wide receiver is the most important. Maybe if the Giants had a game-changing wide receiver, their offense would be more functional. Uh, it's kind of like the argument that we saw a few years ago with the Bengals. Should they draft Penny Sewell or should they draft Jamar Chase? Well, they went with the receiver instead of the offensive lineman, and we know how that worked out for them. They instantly made it to the Super Bowl the next year. So for the Giants, do you rank wide receiver? Do you rank interior offensive line? That's the question. And right now, you look at this team, you probably go with the offensive offensive line instead you say that the what the Giants have on the interior is just not good enough it doesn't cut it out uh, it doesn't cut it at all to get you to uh, deep in the playoffs so I think that the Giants need to prioritize interior offensive line maybe a smidge over wide receiver but at the same time we've looked at Josh Allen we've looked at Joe Burrow we've seen what a game-changing receiver can do for a young quarterback and it can do a lot 
It can take him from being a player who's just barely proven himself as a franchise quarterback like Daniel Jones to an MVP caliber quarterback like uh, Josh Allen. So I think that wide receiver, man, they got to find somebody and they need to make that their splash this offseason. If they're going to spend big at any position or give up any draft capital at any position, it's got to be a wide receiver, right? I mean, it's one of the most valuable positions offensively uh, in the NFL. And when you look at what the Giants have there right now, it's not good enough. I like Wandale Robinson. I think he's good, but I don't think he's going to be a WR1 for this team. I think he'll be a solid WR2 though. And I think that Isaiah Hodgins can definitely be a WR2, WR3. So then when you take those players and you say, hey, well, we have something solid in Hodgins. I think we have good potential in Wandale Robinson, but who's that alpha dog? Who's that number one? It's not Kenny Galladay. We wanted it to be, but unfortunately that did not pan out. So who do they find there that can separate on a down-to-down basis, get themselves open and put up 100 yards a game? When you look at what the Giants had in the receiving core this year, they had t- only two two games this season where a receiver totaled 100 yards. Wandale Robinson did it against the Lions in, I think, Week 11, and Isaiah Hodgins did it in the wild card round against the Vikings. That's bad, guys. Like, that is just not good enough production from your receiving core to have two 100-yard receiving games in the entire season, including the postseason. So it's definitely the top priority. Uh, I'm going back and forth here between interior offensive line and wide receiver, which one's the top priority. But I think I've convinced myself that wide receiver is the top priority going into this offseason. And linebacker, as you mentioned, Alex, that's a huge one. The Giants have not drafted a linebacker in the first round since Carl Banks in 1984. Crazy statistic. You would think at some point in the last 30 years, they would have found an opportunity to draft a linebacker, but they have not. And that's not to say that this offseason, they're absolutely going to go ahead and draft a linebacker in round one, but they definitely need to do something at that position, whether that be signing a solid veteran before the season starts. You know, all of the linebackers that were playing for the Giants this year, Alex, Jalen Smith, Landon Collins, uh, Gerard Davis, they were all mid-season pickups. The Giants need to find someone this offseason to build their defense around. A a quarterback in the middle of the field, right? Like Xavier McKinney is awesome getting into the box, being versatile, playing that safety linebacker hybrid role, but I want a true linebacker who can go in there and stop the run because the Giants don't have it. Jalen Smith missed a bunch of tackles last night. We've seen linebackers for the Giants miss tackles all season long, and you're not going to be able to stop the run until you add some more talent to your linebacking core. So definitely one of the top priorities for the Giants. I guess now that I've thought about it, if I had to rank them, wide receiver one, interior offensive line two, linebacker three, but all three of those need to be addressed as soon as humanly possible. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Those are the, the probably the three. There's a couple more that we could address for sure. Also, I'd even make an argument we need a new freaking punter. Jamie Gillen was wildly inconsistent this year. Got a boot on his left foot, but Man, the guy just like he 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 would just not pin the ball back. Like it was not really great for us. Um, definitely a thought to consider. But we also need a legitimate kick returner. Like I, we need someone who can make something happen. If you guys watched that Jacksonville game, um, you know Jamal Agnew. St- I mean, I know he fumbled at the end there, but he was taking kicks back like pretty freaking far, and he was getting some nice yardage. We don't have anyone that can do stuff like that. Gary Brightwell has a burst every now and then, but it's it's really nothing to be excited about. Um, <clears throat> we need a difference maker in that facet, but I'll tell you right now, uh, things to be excited about, things to be optimistic about. I will say this left tackle solidified. 
you know, edge rusher solidified. I feel very good about Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he had a great year as a rookie. I think he's going to be a very good player for this team for a very long time. If Aziz Ojolari can stay healthy, which he has not proven to be able to do over the first two seasons of his career, he's going to be very good. You know, we saw him when he's healthy. Aziz Ojolari is one of the best pass rushers, if not the best on this team. Um, pure pass rusher specifically. I love him. think he's a great guy when he's healthy, but I really want to see him stay healthy. That's that's the priority for him. Interior defensive line. Dexter Lawrence, lock that man up. Um, let Williams just said, I'd be willing to consider taking a pay cut to stay on this team because I want to play with Dexter Lawrence as long as possible. That's what he said verbatim. So he wants to stay on this team. He's going to find a way to make the money work, hopefully, because the Giants cannot afford to pay him $32 million against the cap this year. He's going to be $12 million uh, savings if they cut him pre-June 1st. If they cut him post-June 1st, they save $18 million. So he's going to have to figure out that money situation because the Giants simply cannot afford to keep him and not reallocate that money toward you know $12 million. That probably pays the majority of Saquon Barkley's contract for a year. You know what I mean? Like $12 million, go out, you can go get a really good cornerback. Uh, not a really good, but a good CB2 alongside Adore Jackson. You can get a, you can go get another offensive lineman. You know, you can do a lot with $12 million. That probably is a lot more valuable um, than what Leonard Williams is contributing because you have Dexter Lawrence playing at a all like a pro all pro level right now. So, you know, definitely intriguing. Something to consider. Maybe they go out and bring in. Um, like they draft interior de uh, defensive lineman and uh, maybe develop him and they figure out a way to keep Leonard Williams. It, it could be an interesting scenario. This is going to be really fun to watch this offseason. The Giants have a lot of draft capital. They have some money to spend in the future. Um, this is exactly where we want to be. This was all, this season was always about getting rid of dead money and they did that effectively. And now we have a lot more of a healthy situation going into 2023 um, and beyond. So I'm very, very excited about that. Other positives to mention, the development of Daniel Jones. It seems like he's sticking around for the long term. Um, and I really, really was happy to see him cut down on the turnovers um, and do a lot of good stuff this season and really show us that he can be an, a solution and not a problem. So that was really exciting. Xavier McKinney, he was the only guy on that defense yesterday that really stood out. This was the first game, by the way, that Dexter Lawrence did not record a pressure all season long. Don't see that very often. Tra um, Jason Kelsey, like we said, that, that battle between those guys, Kelsey won it, and pretty handily. And, you know, Jason Kelsey is going to be a gold jacket guy at the end of the day. Um, and Dexter Lawrence is going up against one of the best centers in the history of the game. Um, and he got and he got beat, and it happens. And Dexter Lawrence, he, knows, he now knows. Uh, you know, those guys, some of those guys on the Eagles offensive line are no joke. They're, they're guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame and, you know, Sometimes you get you get beat by someone like that, and it is what it is. And you know, Eagles have a ridiculously talented team, so obviously uh, it's hard to compete. But uh, Dexter Lawrence, love to extend him. Definitely like him as a future piece of this team. Um, offensively, gotta love Isaiah Hodgins. Really, really big fan of his. We think he's going to be a nice piece to this offense. If he could be a wide receiver three for us, that would be ideal. Draft a really good player. Juan Dale's going to be a key contributor. Maybe go out and trade for somebody. If Isaiah Hodgins is your wide receiver three, you're in a really good position, in my opinion. Um, so I think that's ideal. I like Daniel Bellinger a lot at tight end. Really good blocker. I think he expands on his route running. He expands on his receiving game in the future, and they can get a lot more value out of him. Uh, but Anthony, what are you looking at in terms of positives on this team? What are you most excited about for the future? What positions do you think are kind of secured uh, for 2023 and beyond? I mean, if there's anything that's secured, it's left tackle, which is great to say after a New York Giants season, right? Because we haven't been able to say that in a long time. I mean, we said it for the last couple of years because we saw the potential of Andrew Thomas, but now that he's realized that potential and established himself as one of the best left tackles in the NFL, it's very nice to say that position is locked in. Andrew Thomas is the present and the future of that position, and we can feel really confident knowing that Daniel Jones's blindside will be protected for the foreseeable future by one of the best tackles in the league. Now, other 
positions that are locked in. Dexter Lawrence, you mentioned him. Yeah, he didn't have his best game last night against the Eagles, but you mentioned that he was going against Jason Kelsey. There's only so much you can do. But Dexter Lawrence established himself as top three interior defensive lineman in the NFL. So he's going to be around for the future. He's going to get paid big time this offseason. And I'm excited for it because big sexy Dexy needs to stay a New York Giant for life. He's got it tatted on him. Is the Giants logo on his bicep. Yeah, he's he's going to be here for, for the long haul. He's going to figure out a way to make the contract work. And the Giants are going to pay him what he's deservingly owed because he is one of the best in the NFL at his position. Now, other positions that are secured. I'm a big fan of Xavier McKinney. I think that he is going to lock down that strong safety role for the foreseeable future now of course the injury this year kind of sidetracked things a little bit but he stays healthy next year I think that we're in store for probably his best season yet and I also like Julian Love I think that Julian Love needs to be extended this offseason I know some Giants fans are a little sour on Julian Love after last night's performance he really struggled I think he missed like five tackles definitely the worst performance of his career and it's not the time you want to do it in the divisional round of the postseason but Julian Love had a really good year for the Giants. He was the captain. When Xavier McKinney went out of the lineup, Love really held it down on the back end. So I love I love what he brings to the t- to the table for the Giants defense, and I want to see him extended. And Adoree Jackson as well. I'd like to see him stay with the team next season. I think that there are pieces in the secondary. Now, do we need a CB2? Absolutely. Do we need a slot cornerback? Yes. Do we need to add some depth to the safety position? For sure. But CB1? Free safety, strong safety, the three guys that I mentioned, I like what we have at those positions. And I think that there is definitely room to grow in that grouping, but those three need to stay around for the foreseeable future. But again, on the offensive side of the ball, you mentioned them already, Alex, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. They had contract years this season. They came to play. They showed up. They're going to get extended at least that's what we think. And they deserve it, right? They deserve to get their payday from the Giants this offseason. And I believe that they will, but pretty much everywhere else on this roster, other than the things that I just mentioned, there is a lot of room for improvement. Interior offensive line, we talked about that. Linebacker, uh, I mean, defensive line, you can even argue because you just said it too, Alex, the depth behind the Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams is atrocious. They don't have anybody uh, on the D-line that can stop the run once Dexter Lawrence gets out of the lineup. So there's a lot of room for improvement. But the guys that I mentioned, they are cornerstones. Wandale Robinson, you can't forget about him. He's a young player. The Giants just invested a second-round draft pick into him. He comes back fully healthy. He could be an electric player for the Giants, you know. So I, I like a lot of the pieces that the Giants have building. It's not it's not like we're at the position that we were last offseason, where we were saying this team has no talent, everyone's a question mark, no one's even worth keeping around. Because that's really how we felt last offseason, if you remember. We were like, yeah, I don't even know what's going to go on at quarterback. Saquon Barkley, maybe he's a bust. They both answered those questions. They silenced the doubters. And a lot of these players on this Giants roster did. It, it's very clear and obvious that what these players needed was some good coaching and they got it. So Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka, Brian Dable did an excellent job this season coaching these guys up. A lot of them had career years because of the coaching and I'm excited to see hopefully Kafka and Martindale stick around uh, with Dable to develop these guys even further and build a legitimate contender in the Big Apple. But that is something to know, Alex. Uh, Today, you have Mike Kafka doing three head coaching interviews and Wink Martindale doing one head coaching interview. What are what are your thoughts on that, Alex? With our with our two coordinators, kind of deep in some head coach interview processes, uh, we could potentially lose one of them. But I do think they're both safe and probably going to stay. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I like the fact that Wink Barndell said that <clears throat> he wasn't using the Giants as a stepping stool, you know, a stepping stone, and he 
loves being in New York, best city in the world. Like, you know, he, he wants to stay here. I think a couple of additional pieces would go a long way. A good linebacker would really help him out. Another cornerback, some depth there would really help him out. Um, Mike Kafka, I think he's still too raw to the game. He's still too new to the game as an offensive coordinator. You know, did a good job, but still has a lot to learn. Um, you know, the game plan they put together yesterday was, for lack of a better term, freaking abysmal. And, Anthony, you and I kind of called in the beginning – Saquon had nine carries yesterday. For your, for your best offensive player, that's malpractice. You know what I mean? Even though after they went down 14-0, why would you abandon the run so early? The way that the Washington Commanders beat the Eagles was because they ran the football 40 freaking times. Saquon getting nine carries, even though you're down two scores that early in the game, they got they got flustered. They got freaked out. They started going pass happy, and that's when things started to fall apart. And it was, like, so obvious. We were sitting there like – Saquon averaged 6.9 yards per carry. Run the ball, you know, like just do the base, just do the bare minimum. Run the ball. The the Eagles do not have a great run stopping team. Commit to the run. Get your blockers out in front and grind out those yards and keep possession of the football. Take the fans out of it. They did the exact opposite and it completely beat them in the butt. So um, it's interesting. You know, it's definitely a weird situation. We don't really know why they did that, but. Um, you know, again, they're paid a lot more for, than us to make those decisions. So, you know, have to have to trust they knew what they were doing. But end of the day, um, I think Mike Kafka's job is not in, you know, he's not going to get that job right away. I think he's still too new to the offensive coordinator game. I think maybe next after next year, if they have a really good season, I could see him going and a team scooping him up. I think it's too soon still. Wink, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I, I think that he could be on, on the cusp of leaving. I think that he's kind of stuck in this purgatory-ish area where like he doesn't like teams want to commit but they also like aren't sure because he's very defensive very aggressive style um it seems like because a lot of the nfl's become so offensive a lot of teams are going with more offensive coaches um and because of that like wink may not be like their preferred guy but he's a great leader he's a great dude great disciplinary um coach and um, i think people really respect him so i think that that's the primary reason but because it's the the league is so offensive right now um, it's hard to kind of sit here and act like those guys aren't getting preferential treatment. Um, so that's my kind of take. I feel as though our coordinators are safe for now, but after next year, I think that conversation will be a little bit different. I, I think I agree with you. I think when you look at Mike Kafka, a lot of great things in his first year, but it was inconsistent, right? There's definitely room for improvement. So if I were a, a team, if I was a fan of like one of these teams, like the Colts or somebody who had a head coaching vacancy, I wouldn't want Mike Kafka. He wouldn't even be close to the top of my priority list. Now, Mike Kafka has had a pretty great career so far, was the uh, QB coach for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. So he's part of that Andy Reid coaching tree. And now he just served as his first year as offensive coordinator with Brian Dable. But keep that in mind, this was his first year as an offensive coordinator to basically go from quarterbacks coach to head coach in a span of two years is kind of bizarre and I don't see it happening personally so Mike Kafka a little too inexperienced I'm not worried about him leaving I think that another year or two if he has a really successful year this upcoming season with the Giants then he might get some serious looks next offseason but I think right now what teams are doing are just trying to get a feel for who the bright young minds in the league are and Mike Kafka seems to be one of them so let's see where he goes how he develops and what he pans out to become because yeah I think he's got head coaching potential one day but right now now, I think both of our offensive and defensive coordinator, they're both safe. I think they'll both be back next year. Wink Martindale, you mentioned that, Alex. I think you made a great point there. 
coaches are offensive now. Head coaches, all these NFL teams are, are looking towards offensive-minded head coaches because that's been the formula for success for about the last five years. And Wink Martindale, as great of a coach as he is, as great of a leader as he is, he's a defensive coordinator. And I think that most teams are going to want him to just remain a defensive coordinator. And that's why he's going to stick with the Giants. Maybe the Giants give him an assistant head coaching title to give him a little pay bump, incentivize him to stay for a couple extra years. But Wink Martindale, if there was... Uh, one of those two coordinators getting a head coaching job, I think it would be him. He has the experience and he's got a proven uh, track record. But right now, I think both of our coordinators are safe and I'm excited to see them hopefully continue to build with Brian Dable what could be, hopefully soon enough, a contending roster. Me too, guys. But I'd love to hear perspectives below um, on the situation. If you think our coordinators will end up being you know, picked up as, as head coaches, if you think they're going to be here for another year, you know, how would you rank the Giants needs right now? We're going to go through a lot of stuff this offseason. We're going to take a look at all the free agents individually, what they offer. We'll go through their film. We're going to take a look at all the draft prospects that make sense for this team and what, who we think they maybe uh, could target and who makes sense on defense, offense, all the positions that we definitely need to upgrade. Um, it's going to be fun offseason. We got a lot of capital, right? This is one of those offseasons where we got rid of all that dead money this year. We have a lot of money to spend in the future we have 11 draft picks um a lot of mid-round selections we have our first round pick second round pick couple thirds um so i'm excited a lot to discuss a lot of upgrades are going to be made this team is going to look a lot different next year that's that's kind of my take i think like majority of this team at least close to half could be entirely new you know what i mean a lot of the draft picks will stay obviously but there's a lot of players on this team that were not supposed to be playing in prominent roles that are going to be replaced by more talented players at the end of the day so i'm curious to see you know what happens always happy to hear perspectives below in the youtube comments uh make sure to have a fantastic rest of your day we will be back in the postseason and we will be there with a much stronger roster to compete against the teams like the eagles who ultimately are just so much the head and shoulders above us in terms of de roster development and they have years on us in terms of rebuilding so um, we're a little bit behind but i'm happy that we got to the playoffs this year and got a taste of that victory got a taste of winning and success because i think we needed it as a fan base too not just the players we needed that shit as a fan base because i definitely was getting a little depressed after the last couple of seasons but really appreciate everyone tuning in for this past campaign enjoying every day our daily content there's gonna be a lot more to come we're just getting started so much love as always and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside giants episode